You can handle this. God is with you. Amen. So, Lord, we just lift up those in authority over us, our president. We ask you to just continually protect him daily. Be with him. We pray your uh, hand of protection around about him all the time. May he be surrounded by people who give godly counsel and wisdom and understanding of what you're doing on the earth, Lord. Not what man's doing, what you're doing. I pray that he would have leaders that would would help him. I pray pray that he would have wisdom to select uh, people in the cabinet that would always come to him with loyalty and faithfulness in Jesus' name for the good of the country, not for the good of any one person, but for the good of the whole, this country in Jesus' name. I pray that every politician in Washington, D.C., even in... And even in our local state and, and, uh, and local municipalities, all the governments that are over us would come to realize that if we all, if we are all blessed by God, then, then everything will be better. Lord, I, I ask you to just bless this nation. Continue to just bless this nation. And the people will rejoice in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow, you ever, you ever, anybody ever have this where you talk and you, and you get stuffed up and then your, your ear is just like air going through your ear and it's so loud and my, my left ear is so loud right now. When I talk, it's going right through there, it's like a horn honking. I hate that. I just like want to blow my, or sucker, I don't know. Quit. That's gone right now. It'll come back in a minute, but it's gone right now. It's healed in Jesus' name. Man, that gets a little so loud. It's, it's, it's just, anybody ever do that? Am I the only one? See, you see people blow smoke out their ears. You know you could do that. You can't. Okay, we're going to talk about, and we're in part 15. Part 15. Man. And we're still not through. We're going to have some more even after I come back from Yellowstone. I'll have some more to tell you. Hope, hopefully I'll come back. Don't get eaten up by a bear. Y'all pray for us. Yeah. We're going to have fun though. Amen. It's cool up there. Woo. What was it yesterday? What was it, 105 about yesterday? Something like that? And it was moving day. Ain't no fun moving in 105. I mean, I didn't move out the door five foot, and I was already ringing wet with sweat. I was ringing wet. I hadn't sweated like that in a while. But I want to talk today about, and I've and I got to hurry, uh, dealing with rebellion. That's the title of my sermon, Dealing with Rebellion. And uh, every parent has an opportunity <laughs> to face rebellion in their children. You have that opportunity. Weren't you just waiting for that? But listen, I want to tell you something. I got something to tell everybody in this room. Not just for parents of of children, but for parents. Because I, I want to tell you something. There's still a lot of parents in here that are rebellious. I know you. I know you. Yeah, look, you admit it. I know. But I know some of y'all. I know lots of y'all. But I know we still rebel in adulthood. So I'm going to help. There came back again. We're going to deal with rebellion today. In a, I need a little Kleenex. Golly, now I can't hear nothing. 
<laughs> What's doing that? You know what that is? Uh, you got any cure for that delay? <laughs> is it sinus? What is the sinus anyway? The sinus of times. Okay. Uh, but at times our, our self-centered, independent nature rises up in us. Especially when we're young and immature. Anybody young and immature? <laughs> we have a young culture in our society today that exalts rebellion. You see them? What's this group called? Antifa? Antifa or Antifa? They're just a bunch of rebellious brats. And some of them are old. But they just want to rebel against any kind of authority and... Uh, government stuff. They just they just go out there and they hit people with bats and stuff. They just go out when somebody's speaking at a public venue. Here they come. Here they come, all dressed in armor and black mask and everything, and with bats in their hands and they're running around just because they don't like and they don't want you to get your free speech out there. So they just fight. That's just rebellion. That's a and it. You know what it is? It's a spiritual thing. Every generation has this. It's nothing new. It's, it's happened in all generations. There were people like that. They're encouraged to resist authority. Listen, just be yourself. Amen? That's, one they, that's, what they, that's all they want to say. They, they espouse these things. Be yourself. Be yourself. Be a free thinker. You don't have to do what anybody tells you to do. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. These are prideful attitudes. Prideful attitudes. What does the Bible say about pride? Oh, yeah. And pride is the number one sin mentioned in the Bible. Pride. Pride. And we are very, when we become very selfish, we're very prideful about who we are and what we're doing. And we stand up to everybody. We say, no, I don't have to, I don't listen, I don't have to listen to that. And pride destroys our lives. We get so prideful that we can't listen. We get so prideful in our own hearts and selfish thinking, selfishly thinking about things that we just, we don't mind destroying 30 years of life. We just let it go. We just, I, I don't care. I'll have to put up with that. I'll have to put up with that. And we just throw it away. We just throw it away like a piece of paper. That's wrong. It's wrong. And it hurts. It hurts a lot of people. You're, a lot of times you're... Your, your prideful decisions that you make, your rebellious attitudes you do uh, hurt. Not just you, but I want to tell you, in front as adults, when your kids see you in pride, then they learn pride. Because yeah. you're teaching them whether you realize it or not. They're learning from what you do. We're examples to our children. Listen, rebellion is an attitude that displeases God and moves you Further away from him, not towards him. In God's eyes, rebellion is in the same boat as witchcraft, iniquity, which is habitual sin. Iniquity is habitual sin. And idolatry, which is worshiping other things before God. Other things above God. It goes without saying that a rebellious nature is a self-defeating one. You, you've got to recognize it early. You've got to. You know, you know, with these kids, uh, uh, these, it's like these people that go into Walmart, shoot up a Walmart or, or a bar or someplace some night. Uh, they're just a, re- 
they're just got a rebellious attitude. They really do. It's a root of rebellion in them that wants to destroy somebody else's stuff or somebody else's life. And it's all based in rebellion. Satan, what was Satan thrown out of heaven for? Rebellion. Yeah, but he was selfish too. He was selfish. He wanted he wanted the worship for himself. And so when we are when we come out and rebel against things, we want attention for ourselves. Amen. Amen. So, in God's eyes, it's bad. It's really bad. Rebellion comes from the root word rebel. Rebel means open resistance to the refusal to obey, to resist authority, to refuse to obey, to resist authority. When you resist someone or something, you're turning away from it to something else. You turn away from that. You resist that and you turn away to something else. When you resist someone. So the ability to resist stems from your free will and the ability to think for yourself. Stay with me because I'm going to give you a lot of information today. We've got a few scriptures, but I'm going to give you a lot of information. So every little thing, every little statement that I make today is very important. So if somebody's snoring next to you or something, slap the fire at them, wake them up. Don't start fighting here, but I mean, everybody in here needs to hear this. There, there's not anybody that just says, I, I, I've heard this before. Because you haven't. You ain't heard it from me. Amen. So I'm, I'm talking about rebellion today as it relates to your children and, and to you as a parent. But we all know that we all, even as adults, can walk in rebellion as well. So we have to be aware of, of that as parents also. Re- rebellion can protect you or it can harm you, depending on what it is you're resisting. It's okay to rebel and resist illegal drugs yeah. or, or something that could harm you. It's okay to rebel against that. And there are some things, that, there are some reasons that God says in His Word that, that we have a legitimate right as a Christian to rebel against. If there's authorities that are against the Word of God, opposing the Word of God, then we have legal authority uh, as a Christian to rebel against that. But it's not okay to resist arrest. How many of you know it's not okay to resist arrest? If you haven't learned that by now, you need to learn that. I mean, it, it is so amazing to me that the mayor of New York has to come out on television and tell everybody, I I have to teach my kids not to resist arrest. What parent in the world doesn't have to teach that to their kids? We all do. Every parent. If you've never done that, if you've never had that serious talk with your kids, you better have it. Because resisting arrest can get you killed. Do you not know that? That is... Man, I I didn't resist a teacher. You shouldn't resist teachers either. If you feel like you've been uh, misjudged or what do you call it? What's, it? What's the word? I'm saying? Mistreated. Mistreated. <laughs> Unjustly so. Then tell somebody, but, but don't, don't act up right then. Don't do that. Go to somebody that has authority more, more authority over them or something and just tell them the situation. Don't go in there screaming your head off and saying, I didn't do nothing wrong. Let, tell the whole story. Be honest. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody today. 
But rebellion can protect you or it can hurt you. Amen. So, whether the, the truth is, whether you're innocent or not, or guilty or not, when you resist arrest, you are resisting authority. That's, what it, that's ultimately what it boils down to. You're resisting authority. I had, a, I had a guy tell me the other day, a cop stopped him, gave him a ticket for speeding. He said, he said I wasn't speeding, sir. He said, I got you clocked doing 72 in a, in a 65 mile zone, you know, and he said, and he said, he told me, he said, well, I hope you're a Christian. The, the driver told the cop, I hope you're a Christian because Jesus is listening to you lie to me right now. <laughs> but he was, now, now, just knowing this guy, knowing this guy, he's, he's very careful about what he does and he knows, he knows, he said he knows for a fact that he wasn't speeding. There was a car that passed him going faster than him, and he knows it was that car because the cop was right behind him. But he stopped him. See, and he, so he was unjustly, un, unjustly treated, and, but he didn't resist arrest. He just resisted the ticket. And he, but he took the ticket when the man wrote it. He didn't cause any ruckus, but he let him know what the truth was. And the guy, I think the guy really knew it. He told me, he said, I think he really knew it, but he, he had to write the ticket anyway because he was prideful. Now, I'm not saying every, every policeman is perfect, because they're not, but the majority of them are. Listen, the majority of them are. And it doesn't matter if you think they are or not, rebellion against authority is a rebellion against God. You remember I said that today, because that's the truth. Rebellion comes from an evil origin. And it's not for us as Christians to rebel against authority. Amen? You're going to learn something today. It's going to save your life. There's always a price to pay for rebellious actions. We all need to understand that God, God is the ultimate authority. He's the ultimate authority. There's no one or no thing higher than He. And like any wise leader, He has delegated uh, portions of His authority to people in authority. That's why we have to have governments. You think about this. If we didn't have policemen on the streets, what do you think it would be like? Just right here in Luland, Texas. If we didn't have no police, do you think everybody would just keep stopping at stop signs? No. No. Red lights? Do you think that, well, there's nobody around? I'm No. There would be nobody obeying the law. Yeah. Let's walk in right in, into a store and grab something and walk right out and say, see you later. Smell you later. You know, it just be open rebellion. So authority is needed. It's needed. Amen. Yeah. Such as police officers, presidents, heads of state, and parents in a home. Parents in a home. Somebody say, parents, parents in, a in a home are the authority, the authority. in that home. Wow, what a concept. And if any of those don't do their jobs, any of those people we talked about, police, president, if they don't do their jobs according to his word, then they will be judged accordingly. You may not respect the person who's in authority over you, but your job is to respect the authority they carry. 
big old cop comes out there and stops a big old 18-wheeler. Not because he's stronger than that 18-wheeler, but because he got a badge. He has authority to stop anybody he want to stop. Amen? But your submission to that authority is what honors God. Hello? i got to say that again because you didn't hear it. Your submission to that authority is what honors God. When you don't respect authority, you are actually rebelling against God. Wow. You know, I think there's a lot of politicians need to hear this sermon today. Because they're not respecting authority. I don't know how these people get away talking about their president like they talk about him. That's just wrong. They're just wrong and they know it. They're rebellious, bunch of rebellious brats up there. I wish I could talk to everyone. I said, get them in a room, all of them. All the, all the, the House of Representatives and the Senators too, I'd talk to all of them. They're a bunch of brats. They don't even realize what you're doing to this country. Because when one sows it, then a million sow it. This is wrong. Man, and, and good They'll find a TV camera to say it to. They look for a TV camera to go say it to. I'm mad. I'm upset. But I'm under control. Amen. So the truth is really, when if you don't respect authority, you're actually rebelling against God. And to rebel against God is to resist His Word. And you can't separate God from His Word. Amen. They're one and the same. They're one and the same. If you look at what God has said in His Word and openly resist what He has set in order, you're operating in a spirit of rebellion. Psalm 68, 6. I want to read that in the Passion Translation. It says it real good. Psalm 68, 5 and 6, I'm going to read. To the fatherless, He's a father. To the widow, He is a champion friend. To the lonely, He makes them part of, the, of a family. To the prisoners, he leads into prosperity until they sing for joy. This is our holy God in his holy place. But for the rebels, there is a heartache. There is heartache and despair. Yeah. Uh, I was being nice, but the way that the king, the, the message Bible says it like this. God makes homes for the homeless, leads prisoners to freedom, but leaves rebels to rot in hell. Why would God say that? I thought God was a loving God. He is. He is. But rebels are going to always deny God. They're going to deny His deity. They're going to deny Him as who He is. And He's left them the choice, not Him. He's leaving the choice to them. You know, the choice to accept God or go to hell is yours. God didn't send anybody to hell. He's not sending anybody to hell. They're making the choice to go there themselves. You also make the choice to go to heaven. It's yours. But He gives us the answer in His Word. Choose life. Choose life. He gave us the answer. It wasn't a multiple choice question either. (laughs) Amen. So, So, rebellion is very important. When you rebel against authority, you are choosing your course. And God can't do a thing for you because you're choosing to go that way. The New King James says that the rebellious dwell in a dry land. A land without prosperity, peace, comfort, or opportunity. Have you ever seen a picture of the Sahara Desert? 
You see what the Sahara Desert looks like? That's a perfect representation of what rebellion breeds. Because the rainfall evaporates before it hits the ground. Very little, if anything, is able to take root and grow in a desert. When someone's in a dry land, nothing positive is able to manifest or appear in their lives. When you reject God's word and resist change, you also resist growth. In fact, you open yourself up to all kinds of negativity. Everything in God's kingdom operates on the principle of seed, time, and harvest. Not karma. Not karma. People say, that's that's karma. Quit. I just want to tell people, quit. if If you're a Christian, you don't believe in karma. Karma is just a word. It's just a word out there of a false religion. It it doesn't even bear mentioning. Please stop. Stop. I'm on one today. That's karma. That karma going to get them. My dad used to say, I said, Dad, just please. I don't want to hear that. Karma. Whatever you do comes back to you. That's, That's what people think karma is. It's, it's God's word. God's word. Resist change and you'll resist growth. Amen. When you rebel against authority, you rebel against God and you then are submitting yourself to you know who? To the devil himself. When you're in that dry land and nothing's going right because of your rebellion, it has everything to do with your obedience to the word of God. James 4, 7 and 8 says this. Therefore... What's it there for? Wait, let's look and see. When you see a scripture that says, therefore, read up above it and find out what does it say. Right above there, right above 7 is 6. It says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Huh? But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you stinking sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James was a bondservant. He's trying to get our attention. He calls himself a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He wants to get the... He wants to get a powerful statement to you. Without Jesus Christ, you're a filthy, stinking sinner. With Jesus Christ, you're a saint who loves God. Amen. This is a command to submit yourself to God. And and you just do that. Let me tell you something. If you, the first steps in your, in your drawing near to God and all that, therefore, it says, submit to God first. You submit to God. If you're not submitted to God, you can't resist anything. And that's why, let me, let me tell you something right here. That's why we, we fall so easily into sin, because we don't submit ourselves wholly and totally to God. Well, I'm, a, I'm saved. Yeah, you're saved. But you're not submitting. That's why the devil's tormenting your butt. He's kicking your butt. Because you're not submitted as, as totally as you ought to be. Well, I'll let him have this part, and I'll let him have this much, but he can't have that. That, that area of my life I want to keep because I like it. So you're not submitting. So you're going to have trouble resisting 
Because you haven't done number one first, submitting yourself. Now God wants to clear, He wants to clean you. He wants to clean everything out. Yes. And there's still some of the work that He's still doing in us. Doesn't mean you're losing your salvation or anything like that. It's just there's some areas that God still wants to deal with us in our lives. Amen. Don't ever think you're losing your salvation because you're falling into sin. It's just because you haven't submitted, you haven't submitted that part of your life to Him. And so therefore the devil has full reign in that area in your life. Amen. You know who you are. I remember going to, I remember going to a church and it was a Catholic church and and the priest said, if you're not a devout, if you're not a devout Catholic and you know who you are, don't come up here for communion. That's the way he said it. If you weren't in the Catholic church, you couldn't come for communion. But if you're not devout even, and you are a Catholic, but you're not a devout Catholic, don't come up here. But this is a command. To submit yourselves to God. That's the first step. Submit yourself totally, wholly to God. If you submit yourself to God, then the devil will flee. He will flee. Because he sees the door is shut. He sees it shut. You, you keep opening the door, he's coming. You keep a little crack in the door, he's coming. Amen. Don't give him an open door anywhere in your life. He's coming. He comes through the internet. He comes through your telephone some way. He's coming. He's coming. And you give him an inch, he thinks he's a ruler. Anyway. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Somebody figured that one out. Okay. When you comply with God's Word, you become immune. Listen to this. When you comply with God's Word, you become immune to negativity and temptation. Immune. You know what immunity means? Can't touch this. That's right. I can't dance, but I can talk. I could do that little shoot thing. Oh, let's see if you come on. You can't rebel against God and try to resist the devil. You can't do it. It's not going to work. Uh-uh. You, you, your rebellion is like a magnet for unpleasant things in your life. Rebel, rebelling against God stops God from doing anything positive in your life. Just want to let you know that today. Submission is what will enable you to be successful in every area of your life. Submission. Total submission. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean, total submission? Give Him everything. Give God everything. Listen, I'll make it easier for you. Remember this. He, he gave you everything on the cross. That's right. He gave you everything. Yeah. He took everything. He took everything that there was for us to suffer under. He was faced with every temptation that we are. And he said no. And he took it all so we wouldn't have to. He took it all so we would have the strength to say no. And the crown that was placed upon his head, it bled on the brow of sweat. So we don't have to work. We don't have to work for it. He did all the work 
He did all the work for us. We don't have to go through anything. We just have to accept Him as our Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So parents, if, you're, if you are rebellious, then your children will grow up to be rebellious just like you. You always wanted them to be just like you. And they will be if you are. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? All right. Once you as a parent, as a parent recognize your rebellion and remove it from your life, you must also not allow it to operate in your home and in your family. When you get reports from teachers or other adults about your kids misbehaving, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Deal with it promptly. Don't wait and see what happens. Go deal with it promptly. Take the kid. Go see the teacher. Don't take sides. Listen. Listen. Right there. Listen. Go there and listen. Explain to your children what rebellion does to their lives and why it is dangerous to be that way. Then let them, let them know that you will not tolerate rebellion of any kind in them. Amen. Not in your home. Not out of your home. No rebellion. Have a zero tolerance. Because rebellious children will grow up to be rebellious adults if left to their own. When they pout and sulk and throw a temper tantrum when they don't get their way, don't let them get away with that. Oh, I'm in Walmart and I hear this sometimes. I want to just go over there and say something. I tell them, I got a belt. You want I got a belt. I just, I just resist it because, man, today's crazy. That cute little pout will one day transform into disrespect for laws. That's right. They look so pretty when they do that. Your children will have a hard time holding a steady job or being promoted Because they'll have a problem submitting to their employers or other authorities in their lives. Oh, I know adults. I know adults that still do it. Just something that at work they don't like, they tell you about it. Mm -hmm. And they'll live in that desert place we talked about earlier, that dry land. And nothing positive can take root in their lives. They'll go from job to job to job to job because they don't respect Authority, and they rebel against it. When it, whenever it gets too hard for them to take, they just walk away. Listen, the family is where God intended us to learn the ways and the responsibilities He's entrusted us with. It's in the family. It's in the home. It's where the things should really be taught. All these things we've been talking about in this whole series. The family is for nurturing and developing babies until they're mature enough to go out as adults and multiply His image his image from generation to generation. That's supposed to take place in the home. No wonder the family is under attack. That's why the devil hates families. That's why he tries to divide. That's why he tries to get divorced. He, he comes in and tries to split the, the parents. And he can destroy that house. New little babies are really, they're totally helpless. And they depend upon their parents to feed them and nurture them. And to comfort them. That's what, that's what they, little babies, that's all they know. They want, they want comfort, they want security. And that's what satisfies them. 
And as godly parents, we all need to help our children to learn to think, to learn to make decisions, and master their environment in all aspects of life. Being a parent is so much more than just taking care of your kids. It's training for reigning in life. You need to see it that way. I don't know. If you, if you don't ever bring up God in your home, I don't know how you deal with anything. God has got to be number one in the house. He's got to be the number one authority in the house. And your kids, when they ask that question, why? You know, you ever heard that question? Well, why? Don't say because. Say, because God is in authority in this home. And the way God says to do it, that's the way we're going to do it. Amen. Is anybody listening to me today? (laughs) You know, I really believe that, that your children really, they want your love. They want your advice. They want your counsel and guidance. They really do. You might think they don't, but they really do. They they want your praise too. Yes. Uh, and that's what's it, it's important to give it. After all the discipline that's needed, whatever whatever discipline that's needed is done, then comes the love. Then you need to love them. Amen. And they need to know you love them. Your kids need to know that they can depend on you in any situation. Parents, listen. It's not your job to entertain your kids and make them happy. It's your God-given responsibility to prepare them for the future. It, it, it's, it's so, there's so much involved in being a parent. You need to understand. Your role is very important. There's so much, so much of the parental roles have been displaced, I would say, over the last 30, 40, 50 years. And that's why we're seeing the results of the, of the, not having the authority in the home and the rebelliousness. So I got a list, I think it's seven guidelines for getting rebellion out of your home. Who wants to get rebellion out of your home? Now, oh, it's getting so loud. Number one, make sure your children respect authority. Listen, don't let the school teach them that. You teach them that. You teach them. Amen? And grandparents, let me tell you something. Grandparents in here, if you know your kids aren't teaching them, you do it. They come see you. You get to visit them. You do the job too. Amen? You do it. Teach them. Whether you realize it or not, you're the primary example for your children. They watch, parents, they watch everything you say and do. They watch it. If you want them to have respect for authority, you must first have respect for authority yourself. Hello. Yeah. And they want, they will, they'll see it in you. Listen, there's so many things that all, the only way you have to teach them is by example. I mean, you don't have to say things if you just live it. It's just like being a Christian. If people at your job don't know you're a Christian, you ain't living it. Live it out. Romans 13, 1 through 3 says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be be unafraid of the authority? Do, Do what is good 
and you will have praise for the same. Make sure your kids know that submission is not a dirty word. Amen. It's not. All right. Number two, don't allow your children to constantly complain. Oh, I don't like adults to do that. I don't like to be around adults that just constantly complain. Uh, or children either. I, you know, I tell you, it just, Numbers, Numbers 11, 1 says, Now, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it, and His anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them in the outskirts of the camp. Boy, aren't you glad God just doesn't burn us up? That's the Old Testament. But these people were rebellious against God and the Word of God. No one enjoys a pessimist or a whiner. Amen. You know what pessimist is? Oh, I had some good ones, but I can't say them. Pessimist. A pessimist is always somebody who sees the glass, the glass half empty. Yes. An optimist sees it half full. Yes. Full. A pessimist sees it half empty. Oh. It's, it's only got a half, but it's only got a half full to the. It's coming on up. You're going the other way when you're an optimist. Amen. So no one enjoys a pessimist or a whiner. They just bring every day down. They say, you can have the day by the way the corners of your mouth go. If you walk around like this all the time, that's what, what a day. What a day. We have a... Don't let your children develop a negative outlook on things. If you can listen to me. You can learn. If you hear them just always complaining about something or somebody or criticize, or they come home from school and they just talk bad about somebody, take them, a, take them aside and talk to them. Say, you know, yeah, pray for them, of course, pray for them. But, but don't, you know, don't just ignore those opportunities for you as a parent. Amen. Then don't you either. Don't you talk about people all the time negative. Don't be critical of everything all the time. It's okay to blow off steam every once in a while, but it's not okay to be critical of everything all the time. Oh, where there are complaining children, there are complaining parents. Don't allow your kids to moan and groan when you tell them to do something. (sighs) Go, go clean your room. (sighs) No. I was talking to someone the other day about spanking. And, you know, not everybody believes in spanking. And that's, that's your own work of submission. However you want to, uh, discipline, I mean. However you want to discipline your children. But, uh, I spanked. But I didn't have to spank very often. Because I taught. The more teaching you do, the less spanking you'll have to do. Okay? And, and however spanking you want to do, here's what I don't recommend. I don't recommend anybody Go get a switch, cause that hurts. A switch hurts. Or, this guy's telling me his father, his father spanked him with an antenna. You know, an antenna off an old car? That's, 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 that's dangerous. That's wrong. And that's wrong. And I, I, I'm not there. I don't want to do that. But I think your bare hand is a little bit, see, you don't want, I, and I've heard this too, you don't want the kid to, to look at your hand as a, as a painful a weapon, yeah. And I've heard this, and I kind of agree with that. But when there ain't nothing else there, do it. You know, but, <laughs> but, but you need, and I teach my grandkids, they'll say this all the time to them, your hands are not made to hit because they want to fight. They want, your hands are made to bless. 
Our hands are made to bless. And that's why I like to get, get, a, get an object, a ruler. We used to have a wooden stick, didn't we? We had a little wooden stick. It was a ruler. We had a ruler. Mr. Ruler. Mr. Ruler. So, yeah, see, just got to say that. I'm going to get Mr. Ruler. Oh. That would do the trick. But, but see, that, that separates, that separates your, your hand. Your, it's not the hand that's hurting. It's the tool that the hands hurt. Hit. Yeah. I can still, Mr. Shanklin, still feel that sting. Only got it once, but I remember it. But don't allow your kids to moan and groan when you tell them to do something. Remember, if they learn to moan and groan when you tell them to do something, they'll moan and groan when their teacher or their boss tells them to do something. Oh, man. Oh, we have to do that, teacher. Oh, we were so rebellious in school. I remember. Kim, she would just... (laughs) Teach or train your kids to obey you and... And others, too. Not just you, but others, too. Tell them to obey the teacher. If the teacher tells them to do something, do it. Don't moan and groan. Do it. Tell them. Amen. Without complaining. Number three, don't allow your children to be bitter. Man, we're going all the time again. Y'all going to have to pay me some more. Don't allow your children to be bitter. Teach them to walk in forgiveness. Unresolved anger, bitterness, and resentment only promote disharmony. Disharmony. Teach them what the Bible says about forgiving and what happens when they don't. Amen? Amen. You'll be a good example. You be a good example, parents, by being quick to forgive. Teach your children to be the better person and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. I had some scriptures, but we'll skip them. Go to number four. Establish and enforce the rules with love. With love. Nothing works by love, even discipline. Nothing works without love, I mean. Even discipline. You know, everything works in love with God. Because God is love. Don't act like a Marine drill sergeant with your kids. And don't make so many rules that you stifle your children or cause them to live in fear. Be reasonable. Be reasonable. Explain your rules. Communicate with your kids so they have a clear understanding of why you made the rules And let them know what the consequences will be if they disobey them. Listen, you're going to teach your kids a lot by disciplining them. They're going to learn a lot. It's very important. Some of you are just now realizing, man, you mean I didn't do all that. What am I going to do now? It's never too late. Parents, they may fuss about the rules, but I know from experience that they will love you and they will know that you love them by the guidelines you establish in their lives. Number five. Don't say it if you don't mean it. Don't say it if you don't mean it. Make the rules age appropriate and easy for you to enforce. Younger children may have more stringent rules than teens. But be fair about this. And be prepared to be tested in this. Consistent discipline is the key to well-mannered children. You've got to be consistent. Parents, don't forget, never disagree in front of your children. Parents, husband and wife, never disagree in front of your children. Amen? Because then they, they see what sides you take. Always maintain a solid front or they will learn to manipulate you. Amen? Am I right? Yep. If you'll stick together in discipline, father and, father, and, father and mother, if you'll stick together in discipline, you'll see the improvement in obedience. Because if they, listen, 
when one when one parent has the kids, they may get by with stuff, and then the other parent gets them. They don't get by with it anymore. It's inconsistent. So maintain consistency. Forget the past. Number six. Forget the past. Forget the past. If your child breaks a rule and you neglect to punish them for it, at that time it happens, don't bother. If you were too busy to punish them then, it's too late now. Let it go. Instead, talk it over with them and warn them that if they break that rule again, they will have, they will have to be disciplined for their actions. Opinion. Here's an opinion. My opinion. You can do what you want with this. But, but I think it's a good idea. Some parents these days are in favor of timeout. Timeout. When it comes to disciplining their children. You know, they'll have the child go to sit in a corner or go to their room to give them time to think about their actions. I believe that this only serves to foster rebellion. If all I'm getting is timeout, whoopee, whoopee for me, I win. So I don't think timeout is a good thing. Unless you go make them stick their nose in a circle on the wall. No, I don't like that either. You could get a raw nose like that or something. And they'll put an oil stain on the wall too. So <laughs> Proverbs twenty two fifteen say it clearly states this foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Not an antenna. And, and the rod of correction is just a, like a ruler like we had or something. That's, it's not, it's not going to hurt them. It's not going to bruise them. The, the Passion Translation says it like this. So, so I love the way they do it. Although rebellion is woven into a young man's heart, tough discipline can make him into a man. That's good. When your child disobeys, take them aside and explain to them what they've done wrong. In a way they can understand it. And then discipline them. Don't, don't bruise them. Don't, don't excessively beat them. That's, that's not parenting. That's abuse. Then afterward, hold them for a while. And show them that you love them. Don't you hate it? You know, it always hurts you more than them. Right? That's what the, that's what the principal told me. He lied. They may have trouble submitting to the punishment at first, but eventually they will comply and come to realize that rules were not made to be broken, but rather obeyed. Okay, and years from now, they will thank you for it. Number seven. Here, we're finally here. Number seven. Don't discipline your children, your child in anger. When you, when you discipline your child in anger, you're reinforcing the idea that he or she is being punished because you're angry. Not because of what they did was wrong. The goal is for your child to respect you, not fear you. Amen. You know, my dad, uh, he never really spanked me. I don't remember my dad ever spanking me. But all he had to do was look at me some way. He would look at me. And I stopped whatever it was. I froze. Because I knew that look. And he had a big hand. From When I was a child, that hand was that big and it got bigger as age went. But I did. I respected him, and I had a reverent fear. Not a. I wasn't afraid of him, but I had a reverent fear of his authority. And so he. Had, all he had to do was look at me, and I knew. My mama. Oh, my mama went whoa me out. Yeah. At least once. Maybe. <laughs> you should always stay calm 
Always calm down and calm down before you discipline your child. Then take them aside and ask them if they understand what they did wrong. Talk to them about it. You know, take reason with them. Here's, here's where we really need the fruit of the Spirit operating in our lives. Because our flesh wants to rise up in anger. We're upset because they're not minding. But we must learn to stay in control and remain calm. Don't shout. Don't shout mean words at your kids. Amen? Don't, don't scream as, look, I made you, I'll kill you and make another one. No. Don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. Simply explain to your child why they're being disciplined and ask them if they understand. You get that? You understand that? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And when a child understands what they've done wrong, then you can spank them. Then you can discipline them. However, but stay in control. Don't ever go wild on your child. Don't, don't do that, please. Train your children to submit willingly to the discipline as well. And then afterwards, love them. And tell them you love them. Amen. Parents, you must take responsibility for your children's behavior and correct it today. You know, it's the parents' responsibilities for the actions of the kids today at school. And some schools I even heard now, they're going to start finding. They're going to start finding the parents for the bullies that come to school and they bully other children. They're going to start finding the parents for their kids being the bully. Yeah. That's, and I think so. I think rightfully so. Amen. Plus, something like $50. But this still, I guarantee that parent don't want to pay no $50 fine. Yeah, yeah. They won't go up to the school. So they're going to, yeah. Parents, you must take responsibility for your children's behavior and correct it today. Do yourself and your family a favor and kick rebellion out of your home. And I really believe this. Develop a zero tolerance rule and discipline your children when they get out of line. You must teach them the importance of submission to authority and then set an example for them to follow. You'll be amazed at the difference you'll find. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. I want to pray this prayer. Father, I declare that my family, all for all the people in this room, I just speak this over all of them, that their families and, our, and, and they'll be free from rebellion. They will not continue to dwell in a dry land, but in a land of abundance. They repent of any rebellious thoughts, words, intentions, or actions that they've committed against you or the authority figures you have established over them. Lord, they declare that we are, they are, they are a disciplined family, free of bitterness and the sting of rejection. They always look to you and look to your word and believe the best of everyone and in every situation. And they declare this, and everybody declare this with me. Our home home is rebellion-free in Jesus' name. name. Amen.